Are you a creative looking to build your network with like-minded individuals? Then look no further. Talents, that's T-A-L-N-T-S, is a social media platform where you can build your network and business by connecting with creatives just like yourself anywhere in the world. Where you're posting an art piece, an editor reel, or just produced a new music track, on Talents, your portfolio is your resume. And now, with Talents 2 vouching system, your connections can help build your awareness. So download Talents today on iOS and share your talents with the world. Also, if you're an Android user, Talents will be available on Google Play at the end of the month. That's Talents, T-A-L-N-T-S. Hello, and welcome to Control Walt Delete, a veteran podcast of The Verge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Neil Patel, I'm the editor-in-chief of The Verge, and I'm joined as always by my friend, the executive editor of The Verge and the co-founder of Recode, Walt Mossberg. Hey, Walt, how's it going? Hey, Neilai. It's going great. I'm going to figure it out one of these days. Venerable. Venerable. Ve- veteran. <laughs> we need to start asking. Worn out, you know, yeah, near exactly. the end of its life. I don't know. <laughs> A tired <laughs> podcast of The Verge. Tired podcast. Um, yeah. An increasingly frail podcast mm-hmm. of The Verge. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's a, this is a healthy, it's a strong, it's, uh, both of us have are sick and have shot voices, but I think that the, right. readers, the listeners will enjoy it this week. Right, um, next so, week, coming to you from the nursing home, but <laughs> exactly. for now. So the reason <laughs> both of our voices are a little bit cracked out is we both just came back from CES. Walt right. just informed me before we started recording that he's <laughs> never going back again. Um, but we will. I you said you've been tw- twenty four CESs or, or Comdexes, I guess. That's right. Um, I think you should just make it twenty five. Um, but we were both there. I was there for uh, uh, six hundred years. Um, what was there yes. for just a few days? Um, but I, so well, we both came away from the show, and I, what was it? Four or five years ago, Ford just started showing up at the show, and everyone yeah. sort of wondered why. Um, yeah. And I think it was mostly because Microsoft made them, because Microsoft was putting Sync into into Ford. And well, and, and and some of the German car companies, uh, I think Audi came and. I remember seeing some wild demo from, I think it was Mercedes that, you know, never would make it into a car. I mean, you would sit in the cabin and it looked like you were on the Enterprise. (laughs) I mean, it just, it just never happened. But yeah, it was five, six years ago, something like that. Yeah. So, and then in that, and everyone was kind of like, well, you're here. That's great. Here's some future car stuff. It's never going to happen. And then the next week after CES always is the huge North American international auto show in Detroit. Um, right. Where all the cars actually come out. So it's like, why are you here for? So that all happened. But the, over the course of five years, this year, CES was basically a car show. Um, Chevy launched the Bolt, uh, its new 200-mile electric, all-electric car, the show this year. They showed off the production version. They announced the pricing all this. It's going to be, what's it, under $30,000. Um, right. Uh, it's a huge launch, right? I mean, that's a, that's a major car. Pretty much the same price as a MacBook, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, but right in there, but same battery life as well. Um, yeah, um, but and Ford was there this year. They they announced a uh, no. I'm sorry. Um, it was GM and Lyft announced like a 500 million dollar partnership. There Correct. Was, there's all these rumors of Ford and Google teaming up. Uh-huh. Um, Mercedes was there last year with a crazy concept car. They're backing in this year with a crazy concept. I mean, there's just cars everywhere at this show now. Um, right. And so your column this week, I thought very um, appropriately, was about just sort of the first battle that's coming between 
the car makers and the tech companies because all of the tech companies are doing car stuff now too. So Google right. is obviously building self-driving cars. It's funny, we we're talking about car shows or car companies at CES. The tech companies are at the North American International Auto Show in Detroit. Um, where Google's announcing some results of its self-driving car initiative. The Obama administration is um, expected to announce some self-driving car rules there. You can the, the cross-pollination between cars and tech is completely out of control. And Apple, which is building a car, is saying nothing anywhere. Yeah, except Elon, do you see Elon Musk was out um, a couple days no, ago, no, and yeah. he was like, you can't really hire a thousand car engineers and keep a secret. Right? It's <laughs> like, true. A lot of it's people true. And, and you And you will remember, and this actually... This actually is relevant to uh, the column I wrote this morning that we're going to talk about. Um, in May the, uh, of last year at the Code Conference, which is uh, a, a Vox Media premier conference event, mm -hmm. um, uh, Mary Barra, the CEO of GM, chose that event to, uh, to announce the uh, integration of uh, Apple CarPlay and um, Android Auto into First, uh, the entire Chevy line, and now um, it's in really all the GM cars. And uh, so, um, yeah, that is, I mean, we're going to see big either, uh, I, I tried to find a way to put it in the piece this morning, either outright clashes or very tense partnerships over the whole car uh, coming in the next four, five, whatever years. But right now, today, you don't have to wait. Today, right now, just walk into a dealership of, you know, a Honda dealership, uh, a, a Buick dealership, a Hyundai dealership, uh, uh, whatever, and you can begin to see this kind of uncomfortable um, uh, relationship because you can get CarPlay and Android Auto in a number of cars now. Apple says about 100 models, and yet the car companies are pretty uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that, you, you know, when Mary Barra was on stage with you, I, you know, I asked her and you asked her, why don't you just give everything, all of this away, right? Like, right. Well, you, you were nastier than me, but that's, that's the role of an audience questioner, so that was good. Truly, that, I, that is my role in the audience, to raise yes. my hand and be meaner, right? Um, but no, I mean... Uh, and and she she kind of I mean I don't, I don't want to be mean to her because she was very nice but and she's very smart um, she fumbled around a little bit in the answer saying well you know I mean like like you were saying you know CarPlay has texts uh, which by the way you can't read or type I mean it's all voice done it has Siri it has uh, music it has um, uh, maps, uh, Android Auto, pretty much the same, and then some third-party apps. Wh why don't you, GM, or somebody, uh, uh, or allow somebody to just write an app that you know turns the temperature from uh, sixty-five to sixty-seven, right. or turns the fan up two speeds, or moves the seat back? You know, I mean, those are trivial things for a phone app to do once it's already plugged into the car. And she said, well, it's all very complicated. These systems all interact with one another. It was if these non-driving functions could not be unpacked. And right. then at, at CES last week, I talked to 
uh, and unfortunately it was off the record, so I can't say, but I talked to a very senior, very senior guy from a very big auto company, not GM, who uh, said, well, regular, you know, even like the position in the seat is somehow tied up with our regulatory issues. And it might be maybe crash tests, I don't know, but um, <clears throat> he also sort of admitted that they wanted to, they don't want to give up the whole dashboard to Apple and Google, particularly because they expect them eventually to become full-blown competitors. And I think that is the most interesting part because Ford is doing, um, they're building their own platform, right? They still have it and they just license it to Toyota who says they're going to use CarPlay, but they haven't put it anywhere else soon. And you can see this like, it, it's it's like a classic mistake, right? They're trying to build a third platform inside of these cars. It's a completely classic mistake. And, and, and you know, uh, Mark Fields, the new CEO of Ford, just like his predecessor, Alan Mulally, is a very smart guy, and he should know this. Um, I, I, I'm not saying they should sit back in Dearborn and just concede the car to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Apple or Google or, or Tesla or anyone else. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up if I were them, of course. No reason for them to give up. They're way out ahead. But there are certain things that it's crystal clear now after about eight years of having smartphones and having various attempts to integrate them into cars that are run by the car companies. It's crystal clear that they don't know how to do it. None of them. I can't think of a single one that has done a great job or even a good job at it. And, and Apple and Google have said, okay, here's a system. You have to do some work in the electrical system of the car, but it's basically neutral once you get it done. All the updating is done on the phone. It, it plugs in. Apple actually also has a wireless uh, a, a version that's wireless, although I don't think anybody's implemented it yet in the car industry. It's I, really, I really I really worry about battery life with that one. I don't, I don't understand that at all, actually. Right, but, but the plug-in one charges the phone at the same right. time. And, you know, I, as I said in the column this morning, not only have I seen demos from Apple and Google and also from um, a couple of the car companies, but I went car shopping a few weeks ago, uh, partly for real and partly because I was thinking about writing this column. And I went and test drove a Honda Accord, uh, which is not a luxury car, but, you know, it, it, it's a solid, solid car. And my God, it was just, you know, I, I, have, I happen to have a Lexus, which I bought because it, I thought it had the best integration at the time. It's a 2014 model. This <coughs> Honda Accord with CarPlay, I mean, I just took my, not their, not some demo phone, my own phone, plugged it in, and it was like orders of magnitude. I mean, it just right. worked. You know what's and, interesting about that is um, there yeah. is a little bit of car maker flexibility, right? I mean... Um, I was telling you that uh, when we were at CES, uh, Jordan Golson, one of our transportation reporters, right. uh, <laughs> found himself in possession of a very nice Ferrari California T. Um, I saw that. It was a beautiful car. Uh, I enjoyed driving around in circles in the parking lot. Um, I wasn't allowed to go anywhere else. Uh, it was Jordan, the most exciting Jordan thing you did on at the street, CES. But I, I got to drive in the parking lot. Anyhow. Um, yeah. And, you know, Eddie Q from Apple is on the board of Ferrari. So they were one of the first car makers to integrate. CarPlay. Right. Uh, and but on the stereo here, system... Here comes the, bu the butt. Well, there's big butt. On the stereo <laughs> system, it actually... The button is labeled Apple CarPlay. 
right? You can see oh, really? the, the, it's super funny. Like no one else, there's no Android auto. It's just the Apple. And it's, you can just see the influence coming through directly. But then the implementation is awful because it's a resistive touchscreen. So it's like this garbage. Late it's like 90s, what the Palm Pilot had in 1996. Yeah, I mean, like the resist. Like, you know, it's like what it's it's what all the bad old touchscreen phones had when they when the first iPhone came out. Resistive touchscreens were the dominant touchscreens, and people thought the iPhone would suck because they were so used to that that style of touchscreen. Um, there's no so there's no multi-touch. When you open Maps, you can't scroll around the map with your finger you have to like push the directional buttons right. and do you have to speak italian <laughs> yeah. to siri uh you have to speak the language of money i think because you're in this i see but i think the point is that you're never going to actually use it because you'd hopefully be enjoying driving a ferrari but it's yeah. funny how even even when you give it up to apple to the point where apple's guy is on your board and he's personally labeling the button and apple's apple logo is on your button and everything yeah. and it's the whole deal the car maker can still screw it up, right? It's like that is the power of the car maker on the dashboard. Right. right so now. there will be so so let's so let's say there's a world yeah. where all the car makers offer these systems. And and by the way, I should point out that despite what you just said about Ferrari, which sells what five hundred cars a year, I That's don't know true. how many. Um, <clears throat> most most not all of the car makers, but I would say well over ninety percent are going to offer both. The Google solution and the Apple solution. Of course, I mean they have to. They have to, and and that's because you might you might change phones at some point. You might change back, or you might have a family, uh, and and more than one member of the family drives the car, and somebody has a Samsung, and somebody has an iPhone. So you need to be able to do it. Um, so let's imagine a world where all the car makers have this. There still will be some subtle differences in the quality of the touch screen. In do they have a button on the steering wheel for voice? Almost all of them will, but I'll bet a few of them won't. Right? Um, is it convenient? You know, there's some still some work for them to do that isn't completely under the control of Apple and Google. But my point this morning was: look, you go through your life uh, all day, every day, um, being intimately familiar with your 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 Galaxy or your iPhone or your moto or whatever it is you have you know it you just know it and mm-hmm. you may even love it and it knows about you because one of the features of all these things siri and maps and but both both uh, platforms maps is they learn your, your you know sort of your most frequent uh, uh request your most frequent places and if you go into a car today that doesn't have these things it's like deaf and dumb not only is all the software and everything I've just mentioned inferior in the car, but it's also stupid. Right. And and so you have to learn a whole new thing, which I actually think is a safety problem. Um, with CarPlay and with Android Auto, you walk in. And yes, it's a little bit different because they've had to modify it for safety reasons in the car. But it's essentially what you know. You, you're ready. You're right there. It just looks like your phone. And... Um, and the apps that are on the screen of your car, which are really just coming from your phone, have all that background knowledge about you. Right. I mean, I, you know, it's funny you're saying all the stuff you have to learn. I'm sure our listeners, I, they have no problem learning a new interface, right? They have no problem learning new UI metaphors or whatever. But when you come right down to it, you know, we were at CES, and every year at CES, every car maker shows off the next generation of its 
input system, right? They, the, my my basic framework is CES. They show you the inside of the car, and then the next week at Detroit, they show you the outside of the car. Yeah, right. Um, so we were at what was it? The Audi booth or the VW booth? Um, and they, I sat down in this SUV. It's a beautiful SUV, and the screen comes rolls up out of the top of the dashboard, which is it pops up. Um, yeah, which got me like that's I'm in you pop up screen. That's all I want in the world. Although Cadillac had one of those years ago. Oh, and my, my yeah, I mean my old when I still had a car in Chicago, my old Mercedes had one too. That's basically why I bought it. Um, yeah, I'm it was sure great. that car, by the way, if you want to talk about how far we've come, my 2008 Mercedes, um, it had a storage card slot in the dashboard that could accept. Yeah a PC card or with an adapter, an SD card. It yeah. had uh, a six or eight gigabyte hard drive for ripping CDs. Yeah, uh, I remember. Yeah. It, I mean, like Mercedes literally thought that they had built a computer in your car and you were going to sit there ripping CDs to the hard drive. I know. I and, had one. I had a Mercedes with some of that stuff too. I mean, it, it's like, it was great. When I bought it, you know, it was a huge gadget. I was like, look at it all these It was gadgets. great. But, but I remember on my Mercedes, I remember the model year. It might have been 2008. Um, you could only you can only import ten addresses from your phone. Oh yeah, no, it was all these ridiculous. Because ones. somebody in somebody in Germany who designed it thought, well, nobody's ever going to need more than ten phone numbers. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was just ridiculous. Now, um, yeah, and but it could do all the stuff, but it couldn't like stream Bluetooth audio off a of phone, right? It was like yeah. Anyway, in eight years later, what we're talking about is get rid of all the stuff and just mirror my phone. Like we don't need anything else. That is an enormous transition. But parallel to that. You know, I'm sitting in this booth, I'm pretty sure it was Audi, and the screen's popping up, and you look, and it was just impossible to decipher, right? It was, it was, right. it was, the screen was playing, I thought this was very point. I pointed out to Lauren Good, uh, who's there with me, it was playing Hotel California, like it was a DVD <laughs> of Hotel, I was like, this is the perfect song for CES, like, you can check out, you can check, never Check leave. in, but you can never leave. <laughs> never going home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. there's like there was a fucking there was a knob that could you know it was a four way rocker but it also spun and you could push it down next to it was a touchpad where you could draw letters with buttons around the touchpad the touchpad also clicked <laughs> um, like you could click down on it I was like is this a mouse pad but it's not a I mouse know. pad I know it's, it's like, like it's ridiculous I mean in my Lexus I have a, like a little. Yeah. A sort of mouse in it, and it and and it drives me crazy. And and the and the guy at the dealership said, "Well, if you don't like this, you know, you can use voice." And you know, for like one day, the voice on it seemed good, and then uh, I just began to realize how much worse it was. I mean, Siri, you know, as, as you know, started off kind of clumsy and has gotten right. better and better and better. And the thing in the Lexus just sat there, being mediocre <laughs> and, get, and getting worse. Right, and so. Um, no, I, I think you're right. Most of our listeners could figure out these UIs. But why spend the time? I mean, I figured out over the course of my career, I don't know, hundreds of UIs. And yet, every time I get one of these new cars, I have to sit there with the guy, you know, page 362 in the manual trying to yeah. trying to see what this does or how do I accomplish that. But I already know it with my phone. Right. And that's that's – why the customers should rule. That's why these guys should get out of the way. Um, of course, uh, they know how to make, you know, bend the metal. They know how to make the engine. They know how to make the transmission, some better than others, you know, whatever. And some features of the interior directly related to driving, I would not give to Apple or Google, at least not unless they, until they make their own cars. But 
Um, but this kind of stuff, just get out of the way. Yeah. No, I mean, it, and, it's kind of incredible. My favorite one, my favorite hidden one, I could never find it. Um, and again, in, I think this is true of all Mercedes still. The only way to turn up the volume of the GPS system voice is to wait until it talks and then to spin the volume knob. <laughs> Which is like, that is so hidden. There's literally no way to intuitively arrive at that conclusion. Uh, you have to like dive into like the Mercedes forums, right? And it's just like, they don't get it. They don't know. They don't understand. Um, because, I, you know, it's a talent issue. I think the best talent in terms of UI design, software design, uh, happens to work at Apple and Google and Facebook and Amazon, you know, the big tech companies in the Valley. And they don't necessarily work at the car makers. Well, you know, here's a, here's a, I mean, it's a much simpler thing, maybe. Yeah. Um, although it's not as simple as I think it looks from the outside. But <clears throat> the car companies don't make tires. Right. They do deals with Michelin or, you know, and in fact, different models and trim st- styles in the different cars may have different uh, brands of tires. There are lots of things in a car that are purchased from Delphi or, you know, some parts maker that really knows how to make. And, and some of them, by the way, are computers that right. are under, under the hood. So this is not a new thing for them. But I think they're just it, that big screen in the middle is the part of the car that is the biggest point of contact between the mind of the driver and and, and the vehicle. Obviously, the steering wheel is hugely well, important. It, well, but that, no, but what's interesting is the steering wheel is maybe going away, right? Yeah. Like, it's actually that war, that tension is getting worse and worse because for years, and I think this is kind of where the voice thing that you're talking about came from, they don't want you to fuck with the, the screen too much. They would prefer that you hit the button and talk to it because that keeps your hands on the wheels and your eyes on the road. And I think what's happening is not yet, not anytime soon, but there's a lot of cars that will break for you and keep you in your lane and park for you. And you can spend a little bit more time on the highway looking at that screen if you buy the right car right now. And then next year, the car will drive for you. And then 2020 or 2030, the wheel will be gone. And you'll be surra- you'll be in the car with the screen, right? And whoever so you owns could that say, screen has all of the power. So some some you know nefarious forward looking individuals in Cupertino and Mountain View are thinking the same thing. I mean, separate from their own projects to build their own cars, they're saying, "Hey, we're getting in here, and we're getting in at a touch point, which isn't going away, even if other things are going right. away in the car." And uh, so you know that's why I think. Even though they all say, "Oh, it's not going to be a conflict. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna partner." And in fact, on, on CarPlay and Android Auto, they did work with the car companies. But I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's inevitable <laughs> that, that these that these guys are in conflict. I will tell you that the unnamed, very senior car guy I talked to, I think you know who it is, but uh, I can't say, um, said to me that. Uh, he has told his teams to just assume that Apple is building a car and that it will have a hell of a good user experience and they right. need to get ready. But so that, actually, when you brought that up with me yesterday um, while we were working on the column, that that's so interesting because you're right. You should assume that Apple make a car. Um, it just seems to be out there that they're working on one. It will come out. It will be great. But what's interesting is that will be an extension 
in the most abstract, or uh, I'm sorry, in the most um, stretched out version of what an extension means, but an extension of uh, the iOS ecosystem, right? Like Apple's yeah. car will run its platforms. That is crazy. And Google's car will run its platforms. And then we were talking yesterday about Tesla. And you said, well, Tesla's not a car company. It's a tech company uh, because it runs its own platform inside of its car that, that doesn't have Android Auto or Google Play or Google or CarPlay. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because, no, I don't think there's any Tesla customer out there that's like, man, I wish this just had CarPlay in it, right? I think they're very happy with this, like, huge 17-inch tablet in the middle of their display that does all kinds of things and lets this car drive itself with software updates. But that is a tech platform in their car. And when Apple builds a car and Google builds a car, now you suddenly have to decide, well, shit, which car am I going to buy? Because it has to extend into the rest of my technology ecosystem. And I'm not 100% sure that that is a decision that any rational consumer would want to or should have to make. But I think it's great for The Verge, Neela. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I mean, it's great. Because our, 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 our transportation section can write about it, our tech section, probably our, you know, um, uh, you know, people who know about design can write about it. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be great. It'll be great for us. I mean. No, but uh, you're, you're right. Right now, with where we are, with what I was writing about, like who, who controls the dashboard, I think um, you'll be able to just uh, swap in and out Apple and, and Google, and it'll be fine. Um, there are, by the way, there are a few differences in their approaches. Um, Google uh, is not showing you a screen full of icons; they're using kind of uh, tabs at the bottom of the screen. Um, they're also they've also opened an SDK. Apple uh, people who talk to me and naturally wouldn't let me quote them. Um, said they were more conservative about it. They they didn't, you know, because it was a car, because people can get hurt in cars, they just didn't feel... They do have third-party apps uh, and popular ones like Spotify and, and MLB and Pandora and so forth, but they they felt like they needed to be really careful and work almost hand-in-hand with each one. Right. Um, and, well, and they're never going to let Google Maps in there. I mean... Well, you know, I wouldn't say never. You never know. You never know. But um, probably not. Um, Apple Apple Maps is is not as good as... Apple Maps is not as good as Google Maps. But I will tell you that, in my opinion, uh, as a Lexus owner, and I've had several, by the way, over the years, um, uh, Apple Maps is better than whatever, wherever Lexus gets its maps. Right. Not only in terms of the mapping itself, but but crucially, in terms of the huge barrier that that, that exists in just getting going, putting in destinations, you know, all that kind of stuff is just like such a pain on the Lexus that I'm just sticking the phone in the cup holder, uh, and and using Google Maps or Apple Maps, whatever, to get me to my to my my destination when I'm going someplace I'm familiar, which, by the way, is exactly what my son does on his 10-year-old Honda, right. uh, which has no navigation <laughs> built right. into it. Well, it's funny because your phone uh, is obviously connected to the internet, so it gets traffic data. You can run Waze on it if you want to get really deep. The maps are updated. Was the map? You don't have to like, get buy a new map CD for the right. back of the I mean... The, the benefits of just using your phone, which is a connected supercomputer, is the brain of your car instead of the brain of your car, which is slowly decaying, are, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it makes a lot of sense. But 
um, it's just it's to me the the I, the notion that the car is now a, a platform connected into the ecosystem of the rest of my platforms. I mean, it's just something as simple as a watch, right? Like, um, I I have both an iPhone 6s Plus and a Nexus 6P, and if I want to wear my Apple Watch, I have to use one phone, not the other. But if I want to buy the Apple Car and the Google Car, do I have to pick my phone based on which car I want to drive? Like, that that is the sort of stuff that makes your head spin. And it's like that, that's like the ultimate in ecosystem lock-in. Well, on the same, you know, <clears throat> we could extend it into the house, too. Right. Um, it hasn't really happened yet, although there was more of it this year at CES. But, you know, there will be devices that work with Apple HomeKit. There will be devices that work with whatever the Android – what does the Android call it? It's Android Home Oh, my God. It's, it's Android – well, no, there's, uh, there's Weave and there's Brillo. And oh, yeah. One is well, a language forgot, and yeah. one is a platform. Right, right, right. And then Samsung has smart things. Yep. Samsung being Android's biggest hardware uh, you know, vendor uh, has its own thing. But whatever it is, I mean, you may have to say, okay, I want all this stuff in my house uh, to work off HomeKit. I mean, those are the ones I happen to like and they work well together or whatever. So I better have... Uh, iOS and OS 10 stuff and you know I'm, uh, you know th- these are this is fodder for many future podcasts right yeah. now thankfully on this battle for the dashboard you don't in the for most for the most part you don't have to pick what you do have to pick is which car to go to and w- I thought it was interesting that that um, we even wrote a, a short piece while I was writing my column we wrote a short piece about Apple putting up a, a, a website saying, here are the available models. Yep. Um, they, they, they and Google have both had for a long time. Here are the car companies that have signed up, which doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means a little something, but it doesn't, mean, it doesn't necessarily mean they actually are selling it. But Apple put up a website saying now there are over 100. Maybe they're waiting for 100. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know there are piece- over 100 models that you can buy. There's that piece um, in late December. Um, I, yeah. Well, fine. We'll put it. In. We'll, 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 I'll put a link to it in the post. But there was a piece in late December saying GM dealers are reporting that consumers are coming to the dealership interested in CarPlay because they know GM cars offer it, um, and they're actually when they make their wholesale orders, they're actually specking out the nav system. In reducing the price of the car because CarPlay is what people want, and the cars are cheaper, so they're, they're more eager to buy the cheaper car with CarPlay. Well, I that walked into a, I walked into a Cadillac dealer, which let me just full stop there. The idea to me that I would walk into a Cadillac dealer <clears throat> is like unbelievable. But I walked. Who doesn't in, love a Caddy? Come on, I, I can see in, you. And what, what's I, that, fe- I walked XLR in the door and I felt like my father, but. <laughs> I, but I walked in the door because I wanted to try CarPlay and Android Auto. I walked yeah. in with my iPhone, which is my main daily phone, but I also have a, a Nexus <coughs> 5, which I like, and I brought both of them with me. And the, the salesperson, who was very low pressure but smart and, 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 and decent, uh, told me they had just had somebody from, I think it was Apple, through to train them about this. And... Um, when I made it clear that I knew something about it, he just sort of backed off, and I, I, I we turned the car. You know the, how you can turn a car's electrical systems on without the motor running, 
and I just uh, sat there and, and, and tested them out in that yeah. Cadillac. But you should see the emails I'm getting and some tweets today. Uh, and there's a lot of tweets, but some of them say, I- I'm not buying another car uh, unless it has CarPlay or unless it has Android Auto or whatever. Right. And I mean, I, I think so that's, I think that's a very real thing. I, but this is the thing. You know, Toyota obviously has the Camry, which is the dominant car, right? I mean, it's the default car for many people. But because I think that this is like the hubris, because they sell so many of those things, they're saying, we don't need this stuff. We're going to license our own platform and build our own big, thing and turn it over. It's like, mistake. ah. Big this is mistake, how you let the Eli. accord in the game, right? This is how you let GM back in the game. Right, and the accord, by the way, has been re- – look, I'm not a <clears throat> car expert. We have some. Um, but the accord, after I test drove it, I went and looked at the ratings. gets very nice ratings. They've redesigned it in ways that go beyond this. And they do have CarPlay and Android Auto, and the Camry doesn't. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if that helps them. Right. I mean, I, that, and I think this is the thing. It's – you know, I always imagined Steve Jobs famously drove that huge uh, Mercedes AMG, um, and I was just a mad because it was the same nav system fundamentally that you had in your Mercedes and I had mine. Right. And I always imagined him looking at it, and being like, "Yeah, I'm not even fuck this." But now I imagine Tim Cook looking at these cars, and some of them don't have Android Auto, and saying, "You know what? I'm just going to build my own car. Like, you won't let me right. move the seats around. You won't let me touch right. the HVAC. We're just building a car." And I, I see that coming, that moment coming when. Apple says we actually were able to rethink all. Well, of it. Steve Jobs wouldn't even put license plates on. <laughs> I once, I once went to a meeting at Apple, <clears throat> and I was with another journalist, a colleague, who is now at the Verge, Katie Barrett, and we drove up to the visitors' parking lot. There was one open space. This was mm-hmm. the visitors' parking lot, and for some reason, Jobs had decided to park there, crooked in a space. <laughs> And I'm pulling in, and Katie says, you know who's right next to you there? And I go, no. And she says, look. I go, oh, shit, it's Jobs. And <laughs> it's Jobs' car. And she goes, yeah, don't hit it. Don't scratch <laughs> it. Be really careful pulling in in this Hertz rental Taurus or oh whatever we had, you know. That's incredible. Um, all right. Well, I have to run. Um, sadly, we have to cut this one. I guess we have, we're, it's a good time. It's our average time. Um but I'm sure we're going to spend the rest of this year talking about cars. And if you're looking at the site this week, we've got three reporters and two video people at the Detroit Auto Show just going crazy. So the the, the car moment is here. And I, you know, I think we're going to spend a lot of time this year talking about it. But sadly, we have no more time to talk about it today. So thank you so much for listening. I think you all know that Walt and I... Uh, really appreciate your feedback. We love it so much. So you can tweet at us. Walt is at Walt Mossberg. I am at Reckless. You can write us emails. You can go on iTunes and leave us a review with up to five stars. I recommend giving us five stars. You'll feel good about yourself. Um, and you can, <laughs> you can leave a comment in the post. You can, there's all sorts of ways to get a hold of us, but we, we, we love it when you do. Uh, and then we also have so many more podcasts of The Verge. Verge ESP is back uh, with Emily and Liz. They recorded their first episode of season two just a couple days ago. So That's exciting. Listen. Yep. Then they're going weekly this time around, so that'll be very good. Um, uh, What's Tech with Chris Plant continues to be excellent and out every week. Uh, I host The Vergecast. Sadly, I'm not hosting it this week because I'll be out, but The Vergecast uh, is live Thursdays at 4.30. You can catch the download. And one Miss Kara Swisher records recode decode uh alongside peter kafka occasionally and that is a wonderful podcast oh and to and remember this we can't Kara, leave this out 
Kara and Lauren Good, our friend Lauren Good, have started a new podcast called, what's it, Too Embarrassed to Ask? Too Embarrassed to Ask. Um, which answers all of your tech questions. So there's a ton of stuff from The Verge and Rico that you should listen to. All of it is excellent. I can't, can't recommend it enough. We are by far the most middling of these shows. Uh, <laughs> um, but thank you so much for listening but to But the most show. meticulously planned. The most yes. meticulous, yes, <laughs> by far. <laughs> Uh, the, the freewheeling stylings <laughs> of Walt Mossberg and the Ipatel and Jazz Guitar. Um, but that is it for us this week. We will see you next week. Thank you so much, Walt. A pleasure as always. Uh, and safe travels, Neil.